Just a warning that some of the song lyrics in today's show may include language that some may find offensive. How's everybody doing? Pretty good sizable applause there. That was pretty good. Um, thank everybody for coming out again. Um, this is weird as hell for me. Um, In October of 2014, the artist T-Pain showed up at the studios of NPR for a Tiny Desk concert. Never done anything like this. Uh, didn't think you guys were going to be here, but I guess we're doing this. So... Um, The audience was expecting to hear classic T-Pain, his trademark auto-tuned voice with its robotic-like pitch, singing over a hip-hop beat that gets the club moving. I know everybody's wondering where the auto-tune is going to come from. It's okay, I got it in my pocket. It's totally fine. <laughs> you got it right here. It's all surgically inserted. Um... But there was no auto-tune setup, no DJ playing beats, just T-Pain and his keyboard player. Oh. What's your name? Let me talk to you. Let me buy you a drink. And then I'm T-Pain. You know me. It captivated people because no one expected T-Pain to sing like that. And this moment when a hip-hop artist known for making club hits is in this stripped-down setting, well, it went viral and quickly became the most viewed Tiny Desk show at the time. For both T-Pain and Tiny Desk, this concert showed that they could do something different, stretch out, and reach new heights. I'm Aisha Roscoe, and this is The Sunday Story. <laughs> so Tiny Desk has become a bucket list stop, not just for established artists like T-Pain, but for those trying to make a name for themselves. And that brings us to the Tiny Desk Contest. This annual competition draws thousands of entrants and it's become a huge launching pad for once undiscovered artists. This year, the Tiny Desk Contest is celebrating its 10th anniversary. Joining me to talk about it and all things Tiny Desk is senior producer Bobby Carter. Bobby, thanks for being here. It's so good to talk to you, Aisha. How you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling good. All right, all right. Now, you're, the, you're, you're behind a lot of this. Um, you know, I, I have tried explaining what Tiny Desk is to people who have never heard of it, and even some of those that have, have seen it. Um, but they're, they're confused as to why an artist would want to come to sing in an office space. And it really is an office space. Yes, right. So for those listening who've never heard or seen one of these performances, what is a Tiny Desk concert and what makes them so special? So yeah, Tiny Desk is the brainchild of uh, Bob Boylan and Stephen Thompson. Uh, they started in 2008 when they met uh, with an artist at South by Southwest who was performing at a small, loud venue where she, no one could hear what she was doing. And they almost jokingly invited her to play um, a concert at Tiny Desk, and she obliged. And the best way to describe 
um, a Tiny Desk concert is it's a mini performance um, in the offices of NPR, uh, minus all of the bells and whistles, minus the monitors and the dancers and the electronic beats. And what you have uh, is an intimate experience with an artist in a way that you've never, ever seen before. So we started by talking about the famous T-Pain Tiny Desk concert in 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, That was an early moment for Tiny Desk. So what made that show so special? Well, I always, even to this day, I I, I think that T-Pain is the best example of what a Tiny Desk is uh, in its essence. His signature was Mm auto-tune, which is completely electronically based. So we asked our producer, the uh, producer, Franny Kelly, who who brought T-Pain to the Tiny Desk, asked him if he would be open to performing vocally without auto-tune. And much of his fan base had never heard him do that. But what what we found was T-Pain is an exceptional singer. Without it, yeah, people didn't know that. Yes, like people thought he couldn't sing. Right, he would, and and it was it was quite the opposite. So it was so it was a combination of that aha moment, that moment of oh my goodness, he doesn't even need auto tune. He's just using it, you know, as his calling card is what he was known for. But in fact, he can sing better than so many of his contemporaries. Um, so that was the big moment for us where we discovered that not only that hip hop and R and B belonged at the tiny desk Mm. we dipped our toe in the water at the time but we didn't really we we had yet to really delve in um t-pain helped to help help to kick that door open for us There was also a certain amount of awkwardness to that performance that really made him relatable and human. And, and you got to see how funny he is. I always think it's, it's best like when you feel awkward to like acknowledge it and then people feel like they're in it with you, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's another piece of the magic that, that is Tiny Desk is that for the most part, these concerts are filmed raw, um, not much in post-production when it comes to editing things out. Uh, we usually get these done in one take for the most part. So in that, you you get glimpses of the artist's personality. Unlike a late show performance or a morning show where you hear just one song, they perform, they do, they th- they do their thing and they get off stage. Here, um, you get 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and in between songs, sometimes the artists share what's on their heart. And what you had with T-Pain was his awkward humor. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's it's almost like we were walking the tightrope with them. Just, we're going to try this. We're going to see what happens. And and here goes nothing. So that, w- that was another part of what made, uh, what made this show uh, so memorable. I can do this all day like it ain't nothing Okay, so what are some personal highlights um, that you've either produced or, or been around for? Well, since we've been around now uh, for so long, there's a handful of shows that sort of sit in the tiny desk stratosphere where they're 
the Mac Millers, the Anderson Packs, the Erica Badus, and mm. and I've been a part of all of those. Um, but we also have some that just created like, you know, it was the the, the discovery moments when we we talk about awkward moments or moments where we get glimpses of a person's humanity. Like I think about Summer Walker, who was so shy, mm. who was so yeah. almost to the point where we had to ask her to just, can you look at the camera a little bit? But in that, the vocal performance was just over the top. It was yeah, effortless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still play that song, a studio session, what, Threw Away Your Love yeah. Letters? Yeah, and Ooh, it's just like... Thought, I made, thought it made me feel better, <laughs> Right, but it's just like the way she delivered it, it's just... It's just it's just God-given talent. It's just in her. Yeah. But on the outside, she was completely shy. She was nervous. So it's I think it's just something to see that from an artist to to remind us that these are just human beings who happen to be uh exceptionally talented, you know? You mentioned Anderson Pack. Uh, you know, t- talk about why that particular show stood out. Well, it's still one of a kind. Um, in the, in in the fact that uh, we've never had a drummer singing lead, sitting behind the drum kit, singing at a at a high level, rapping at a high level, personality bursting all over the space. I think this song is appropriate, um, being that it's like a sauna in here right now. Y'all niggas got me hot. If you know this shit, sing along. Niggas got me hot. Hey, well, that's exactly what the nigga came for. You taking shots from afar, I'ma meet you at your front door. So hard to be doing what you really meant for beauty. But don't I make it look easy? Don't I make it look good? What I remember with that when when I booked them is that, you know, obviously Anderson Pack, he was just on his second album. He was virtually unknown. It was begin it's beginning to bubble. It was definitely he definitely had a buzz. But they didn't realize and and we didn't either what that video would become. So Starting out, like they were very, I don't want to say nonchalant, but they were, they, you know, they didn't have a lot of rest. They were still kind of hungover. They had little to no expectations um, from the performance. And when Anderson Pack came back years later to support the band on, on their, for their album, so he came back a few years later, you know, they said, I had no idea. Uh, that this would be our biggest music video to date. It's crazy. You spend a bunch. We spent a bunch of money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars, on like videos and big budget videos, just to have our biggest video be in front of a tiny desk in the office. So, and it's still uh, a favorite amongst so many people out there. And so I, I imagine that there are artists, like big name or not, who you're excited to see 
And some of them may live up to that, but some of them may not live up to that. Can, can you think of a performance that really took you by surprise or, or did something unexpected? I think for the most part, um, since our team, we're so good at um, delivering the message to the artists and the teams before they get in there. So they aren't, it's not completely unexpected. We always let them know, like, listen, whatever you're used to doing on stage, once you come into this building, it is going to be the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. This is not a sound stage, which many artists think it is. This is an office and a real desk, real shelves, real NPR employees. <laughs> yeah. And they always are shocked by that because yep. they're like, this is like really a desk. Like people, re- yes, people really sit here. I, I mean, I worked on, the, I still work on the same floor, but I work right across the hall from it. Yeah. So, and the coolest thing to see is when, when we bring the, the artists up and they walk around the corner and they get that first glimpse of the desk and we get one or two reactions. Either you have an artist who's a massive fan of the platform already and they're just in awe of mm-hmm. the space. Mm-hmm. Or you get those that aren't that familiar with the space and they look like, oh, this is just a death. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the unexpected moments, when I, I think about when we brought um, her mm-hmm. to the tiny desk. Her tiny desk really threw me off because she was a guest vocalist for Daniel Caesar's tiny desk a few months prior to her own solo tiny desk. And when she was with Daniel Caesar um, in the space, she was very quiet and shy and unassuming and almost out of the way. Mm-hmm. But when she came back months later, uh, she was like a completely different person, mission driven. And she was just like a maestro. She knew exactly what she wanted to do. And, you know, and, and she was just all over the all over the space flexing. She was on the key. She was on the guitar and she was composing everything and just those arrangements. She was like a completely new person. Mm -hmm, That set the precedent for everything that happened after that. Um, All of the stages that she graced. um, And people really began to figure out just how brilliant of an artist her is. mentioned some big hip-hop moments and I would imagine um at first that was there some reluctance to you know play in a space where like you don't necessarily have a hype man you know hip-hop like the way people perform you don't have like a backup track and I think a lot of people don't realize like the breath control it takes to like Mm -hmm. really hit every word like that's yeah it takes a lot yeah, I mean, you know, and it's it's such a, a, it is a talent, it's a gift. Everybody can't do it. Can, can you talk about, like, how hip-hop has come to embrace, like, Tiny Desk? I think, to me, hip-hop is always um, what I think is the challenge that's most fun at the, at the Tiny Desk because 
um, it's not live music or live instrument based for the most part. Yeah. You, know, when you think about when you think about early hip hop, you think about beat machines and DJs and you know loud, hard hitting. Um, so I'm I, I get the most I'm fulfilled the most when we really really nail a a, a hip hop tiny desk because in many ways that's the biggest adjustment for most artists because that's not the way they originally recorded these songs. Um, so with hip hop, Tiny Desk, you usually almost get a completely new interpretation of the records and you make them new. When you think about what, what Juvenile did with Back That Ass Up, yeah. we've never, we've heard that song for 30 years and we've never heard that music um, interpreted in that way yeah. at the Tiny Desk. We watch all of these shows online, but what does it feel like to be on the production side of things? Because you have artists in all different genres, and then you have the videos breaking all these records. Like, what does it feel like to be on the side of that's making this happen? Well, uh, surreal is the word I always think about, because um, these are artists that many of which I've grown up with, many of which I, I've looked up to. And then for the others, there are artists that I hope that we that Tiny Desk can help to propel them and to see that on so many different occasions. I'm just blessed to be in that space because I love the work so much and I love music so much. And I love um when we when we when we pull those special moments throughout the performance like when Anderson Pack, when they wrap their show, they immediately said, "Wow, we should we should do that more often." Or Charlie Wilson, uh, when he was in the green room, he got emotional because you know he hadn't performed like that in so long. So I can I can pull any number of moments where it's just like I can't believe I get to do this every day. Greatest love song. Greatest love song ever listening to the Sunday story we'll be right back support and this message come from a 2024 lead sponsor of up first Stearns and Foster every Stearns and Foster mattress is handcrafted for irresistible comfort with indulgent memory foam and ultra conforming IntelliCoils for your most comfortable sleep learn more at stearnsandfoster.com this message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One Capital One offers checking accounts with no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. This message comes from NPR sponsor ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow 
It puts AI to work for people across your business, providing intelligent tools to help remove frustration and supercharge productivity. And all of that is built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Learn more at servicenow.com slash AI for people. This message comes from NPR sponsor Acorn TV. Jane Seymour stars as retired professor turned private eye in the Acorn TV original Harry Wilde, which Parade calls a runaway hit. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. When I walked into my first tiny desk, I did not expect for all those work people to be there. For some reason, I thought that you were going to do it and only the recorder was going to be there. I... Remember feeling excited and reflective of the past few years that led up to my win. So many of my favorite songwriters and musicians played in that space. During the pandemic, I watched an NPR Tiny Desk concert every single day in order to get out of bed. And my life has changed so much since then, and I still can't really believe that this is all real. We're back with the Sunday story, and that was past Tiny Desk Contest winners Tank of Tank and the Bangas, Nephi, and Elisa Amador. We're talking with Bobby Carter, the senior producer of NPR's Tiny Desk series, about the Tiny Desk concert series and its cultural impact. So, uh, this year marks the 10th anniversary of the Tiny Desk Contest. Uh, tell us, how does the contest work? Well, the contest is uh, our search for the next independent, undiscovered artist. It, we open the window. It's a certain window of time where we allow artists from uh, the 50 United States and Puerto Rico um, to su- submit a video uh, of themselves performing one song, one original song. Uh, we only require that a desk is in the shot. Um, and they play one original song and they give us uh, their best shot. I did not know that you had to have a desk in your submission. Yeah, yeah. So are you the one going through all of these submissions and like about how many do you typically get? I'm one of uh, I'm one of the people. We have a, a, a small, mighty team um, going through thousands, thousands and thousands of videos um, from from artists uh, around the country. Uh, we have uh, multiple rounds uh, with various judges. Uh, part of the judging panel includes um, artists who have played the tiny desk before. Uh, we have member station hosts. And this year, an exciting addition, uh, we're going to have industry professionals as part of the judging panel. Um, and they offer a, a, a very unique perspective. So I'm really, really excited about that this year. Um, but we narrow it down. Um, we have multiple rounds and we narrow it down to one. We all hop into a uh, some usually a Zoom room and we hash it out. You know, sometimes it takes uh, one one meeting. Sometimes it takes two or three to, met, to, to hash it out. But But we get there. Let's talk about Little Moon. That was last year's winner. Oh, yeah. What was it about their audition tape that stood out to y'all? Um, their song, Wonder Eye, it was an explosion of emotion. It was, um, I like to call it a, a kick in the chest in the best way. Uh, the song, Wonder Eye, starts um, sort of melancholy and gentle and the harp sounds and just a gentle vocal with some harmonies and about 30 seconds to a minute into the song, it just kicks into this 
hard, emotional, and 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 beautiful explosion um, with with a lot of meaning behind it. And they were um, for for the first time in a long time, they were the unanimous vote uh, amongst the judges. It was such a beautiful song, and it was just it was undeniable. Up on fingers all my days to the minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Time getting shorter now, the longer I'm in it. other contest winners that stand out over the the years well our first uh our first winner mm. uh fantastic negrito really set a bar it was like being in a library it was like you were chilling at someone's house just sitting around the table playing together, and that was a, a warm experience. I was, however, surprised at how many people were in the room when I looked up, but it was, uh, again, life-changing. Lost in a crowd, you feel your thoughts out loud. Lost in the wilderness of the sound. Get through the day, don't drown. Life, it goes fast, you once I did Tiny Desk, uh, you know, the whole world knew about me, and um, I owe so much to NPR Tiny Desk. Grammy Award winning Fantastic Negrito, by the way. But we also have uh, Tank and the Bangers, who we heard from earlier. Uh, Nephi Galen Lee, who also uh, has written and composed for Broadway, um, Linda Diaz, uh, uh, Lisa Amador, so many artists that we're so, so proud of who have gone on to do great things. What do you know about what it's like for the people that have won? Like, I, I know there's a tour. Mm-hmm. What else do they get out of it? Most of these artists, this is like their first big uh, foray, their first big leap um, into a full-time career in music, right? So it's it's exciting to see 
um, because we hop right on the road not too long after they win. So to uh, watch them perform in front of a big crowd for the very first time, um, it's, the, it's the sweetest experience because they feel all the love. Uh, they're learning in real time um, what, what this experience is like um, after we put this big spotlight on them. Uh, this year, we're going to provide some mentorship opportunities uh, for the winner because, you know, after having conversations with uh, quite a few artists who, who have entered the contest uh, or, or a couple of winners, you know, Tiny Desk is a huge spotlight. And the artist has to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Part of that is our responsibility because obviously we're the, we're the ones that are shining this huge spotlight. So we want to try to help them kind of, you know, you know, it could be a rough road out there. So we want to do our best to whether it's holding their hand or walking arm in arm to help them navigate this music industry. You know, we've been talking about the contest, but going back to the Tiny Desk concert series, like how do you feel like it's evolving Musically, not just at the level of artists that you can get and bring, but yeah. I guess like sonically the sound of it. Yeah. How has that changed? People are becoming more creative and uh, there's a level of, of friendly competition amongst the artists. I mean, they, they, they look at what's going on. So it's always fun to see uh, the way the artists challenge themselves, the way the artists try to reinvent themselves. A good example I can think of is when uh, we, we've had the artist Sampha at the Tiny Desk a couple times. And the first time he came, it was just solo. It was uh, Sampha sitting at the piano and the keyboard, just playing a, a, a beautifully emotional and, and, and a gripping performance that, that, that captured, that, that just pulled you in. So when he came back last year, he totally flipped. He came back almost as a new artist. And that, you know, we tend to not bring an artist back uh, a second time is very, very rare. But when we do, the general rule of thumb is you have to do something completely different. And that's exactly what he did. He came with a full band this time. And each member of the band, they had at least three tasks. So the keyboard player had to also play percussion and everybody had to sing. And then the, the very last song, they all sort of surrounded a drum kit and and played the drums and sang in the finale so I, I, I love the way that artists are um, trying to top the next one and, and trying to really, really hop out of their comfort zone to be as creative as possible. Um, I, I love to see that. We are looking forward to hearing more from you and the Tiny Desk team in 2024. And of course, to finding out who will be the winner this year. Thank you for joining us. No, of course. Thank you. Uh, sitting by traffic uh, outside in London, mm, just waiting for you. Blackness, flickering flashes, uh, looking at the ashes, look up and you're hearing from you. Also, Aisha, I need to see you at more time. This, how are we gonna I fix that? I want to get there. I gotta first of all, I need some childcare and I need mm-hmm. um. <laughs> I, I think the last time I saw you, you had the kids I, at the Tiny Desk. Yeah, for Sesame, for Sesame Street. Street, we were, I had the kids there. They love that. Yes, and so my you can see my kids in the the Sesame Street Tiny Desk. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Tiny Desk. Yes. Oh, 
the people in your neighborhood, in your neighborhood, in your neighborhood. This episode of The Sunday Story was produced by Justine Yan, Abby Wendell, and Andrew Mambo. It was edited by Jenny Schmidt. The engineer for this episode was Josh Newell. Our team includes Liana Simstrom, Justine Yan, and our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. If this episode piqued your interest and you would like to get more information about this year's Tiny Desk Contest, please visit npr.org backslash Tiny Desk Contest. I'm Aisha Roscoe. Up First is back in your feed tomorrow with all the news you need to start your week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your weekend. A musician is a person in your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. A musician is a person in your neighborhood. A person that you meet each day. A musician, of course I knew that. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. Support for NPR and the following message come from Edward Jones. What is rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. Edward Jones Financial Advisors are people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Want to hear this podcast without sponsor breaks? Amazon Prime members can listen to Up First sponsor-free through Amazon Music. Or you can also support NPR's vital journalism and get Up First Plus at plus.npr.org. That's plus.npr.org.